Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. Hey, uh, today's the title of today's message is Mary had a little lamb. All right, that's the title of today's message. I'm so excited. And uh, we're going to talk about the shepherds. That's why I wanted to show that video because the shepherds play an important role in the story of Jesus. Now, how many of you ever heard of the shepherds before right now? Have you ever heard of the shepherds, right? Like they're out there, they're watching in the fields and all of a sudden the angel comes, right? That's what, that's what we're talking about. And uh, at our house, we have an elf. Elf on the shelf. Elf. His name is Elf Elf. Uh, anybody else got the elf on a shelf? Come on. Y'all know. I'm not saying anything. Y'all know. Uh, but we have another one. He's, we have Elf Elf. And then we have Dave. Dave is what our kids named our shepherd. We have a shepherd that, that is supposed to show the elf where Jesus is every Christmas. But every Christmas it seems like Elf Elf is playing tricks on Dave all the time. And so uh, we have the shepherd at our house and he, he's somewhere new with Elf Elf every day. But uh, we, we not almost every day. Almost every day. <laughs> You're making me look bad up here. <laughs> You're making me look bad up here. And uh, at least she's listening. Um, you know, kids have a way of listening at times where it's like, you shouldn't be listening. I'm joking. You can listen, baby. Uh, but we, we love the shepherds at our house. There's many songs about them. There's a lot of books about them. Uh, you know, uh, there needs to be a movie about them. Maybe we should do that next year. At the movies, we'll make a movie about the shepherds. I don't know. But I love the shepherds. The shepherds have a super fun story. But who are the shepherds? Have you ever thought about that? Like, were these just ordinary shepherds? Or was there something special about these people? Like, why are they in the Bible? What, what would made them so special? And so that's what we're going to kind of talk about today. And uh, I wanted to talk about this. And typically, when I teach... Um, uh, when I teach the Bible here, when I teach the sermons, um, I like to start with the Bible. It's always a good place to start, by the way. But I like to start with the Bible, and then I'll do some like explaining, and it kind of goes, "Oh, that makes that the Bible we just read so much more sense uh, now that I know that." And so I find that it's my job. I want to teach you. I want I want you to understand the Bible a little bit better. But I thought that today I would reverse that. So instead of me reading a passage of scripture to you, then explaining it. I'm going to explain it to you first, and then I want to read the passage of Scripture, because once you know kind of who these shepherds are, do we have a spill back here? Okay, once we know who the shepherds are, and then we read the story, I think the light bulb is going to go off in your mind a little bit. So that's what we're going to do. Is that sound like a good plan to y'all? Come on, nod your head. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. Come on, say, let's go. There we go. All right, very good. So who are the shepherds? Now, uh, first thing we're going to know about these shepherds, these were not ordinary shepherds. Now, uh, we think of shepherds in the Bible as kind of the lowly people that, like, couldn't do anything else, so they became shepherds. And, and certainly, I guess that could have been the case, but these shepherds were very special, and they actually had a very special job, specifically this group of shepherds that this happened to in the Bible. See, tradition would tell us, and 
I, I, when I say that, I want you to hear something. When I say tradition would tell us, I mean that this has been recorded by other historians, but it's outside of the Bible. The Bible doesn't tell us all the details I'm about to give you, but there are other historians that have kept this, and that's how we know that this is true. So, we, uh, the tradition would tell us that the shepherds that actually worked in the fields outside of Bethlehem were the shepherds uh, that they had a very important job, and it was their responsibility to raise up sheep that would then give birth to sacrificial lambs that were used during Passover for the Jewish people. So if you're in here and you're like, what? the heck, I'm at a college class right now. Well, let me just help you feel better. I didn't go to college and you're not, this is not like a college class. And trust me, this is a lot better, hopefully. But uh, that made me sound really cocky. But you know what I mean? This is going to be a lot more fun than a college class is all I'm saying. Um, they wouldn't be showing this amazing film we just showed at college. But we, uh, but these shepherds, they were actually responsible for raising sheep that would then be the sacrificial lambs that were used during the sacrifice uh, of Passover. And so here's how this worked. Uh, if you were a Jewish family and you lived back in this time, uh, every year during Passover, you would purchase what would be called an unblemished lamb or a spotless lamb. And you would have to purchase this lamb. And during Passover, your family would take this lamb to the temple and the temple, it would get sacrificed. And the sacrifice of that lamb would cover your sins of your family for a year, it would temporarily cover the sins of your family. Now, if you're like, how could they do that to little animals? I know, right? Like that's kind of weird and we don't do that anymore. And it, it sounds a little weird, but that was very normal for their culture back then. And so these shepherds actually had an important job because if they didn't have their job, there wouldn't be spotless lambs for families to then buy so that they could sacrifice those lambs on Passover and have their sins covered. That's how they were reconciled to God back in the day. And so these shepherds had a very important job. In fact, there's a Jewish historian named Josephus. Y'all say Josephus. Come on now, say it like you've heard it before. Josephus. Josephus. That should be the name of your next baby if you're pregnant here. <laughs> Josephus is a great name. Um, but Josephus was a Jewish historian. He actually lived uh, in the times of Jesus, and he actually writes about Jesus in his writings. But in his writings, he says that uh, this place outside of Bethlehem where these shepherds were produced 260,500 lambs every single year that families would use to sacrifice on, uh, for their sins at, during Passover. So these shepherds, this was not a tiny flock of sheep. Like this was a lot. And these sheep were having a lot of lambs, you know, like this is a big deal. And in, in, in order to ensure that these lambs were spotless and that they were ceremonially clean, uh, they actually put rabbis in charge of these flocks. And so these shepherds' bosses were rabbis. And so rabbis were like, the pastor's pastor of, of not pasture, but pastor, pastor, you know, like the pastor's pastor, like they were the people in charge of the church and the temple and all this. Well, they put these rabbis in charge of these shepherds and in charge of these flocks because their job was so important. And so whenever um, a sheep would give birth, a rabbi had to come check it out and deem it ceremonially clean and they had to deem it perfect and spotless so that it could be sold. 
And so these are those shepherds. And actually in the field, wherever they're talking about where this story actually happens in Bethlehem, you can go there today and see this structure. I think there's a picture of it right here. Uh, that's a tower. It's called Migdal Eder. And this tower, it's called Migdal Eder. Um, you can see it's pretty tall. And sometimes the shepherds would actually go up into the top of this tower and they would watch their flock from up there because there'd be so many of them. And so they'd go up to the top and they'd watch their flock. And down in the bottom was like a sheep birthing center. Y'all ever been in a birthing center? It was like a sheep birthing center. It was amazing. They had an opportunity to maybe give like a bathtub birth, you know, I'm joking. Uh, but they, you know, they, they, they had a sheep birthing center, right? And so what would happen is they would see a sheep and they'd be like, oh man, I think this thing's going into labor. They'd rush it over to the tower. And in the bottom of the tower, that was a ceremonially clean area where the sheep would give birth. They would give birth. And then what they would do is they would actually take these little lambs and they would wrap them in strips of cloth that we call swaddling clothes. You ever heard this during Christmas time? They take these newborn sheep that were used, they were perfect, they were spotless, and they would wrap them in swaddling clothes and they would wrap them really tight so that they wouldn't break their legs or they wouldn't fall. Like they would wrap them real tight to protect them. Then they would place them in this stone feeding trough that was in the bottom of this tower. And that feeding trough is called a manger. And so they would wrap it in swaddling clothes. They'd place it in the manger. They would notify the rabbi that was in charge of the flock. This rabbi would come by and then he would get there. He would inspect the lambs. And then all of a sudden he would say, yes, this lamb is good. This lamb is a spotless lamb. It's perfect. It can be used for sacrifice during Passover. It's good to go. And so they would take that lamb. They would sell it to a family. A family like ours would buy it. And then on Passover, we'd sacrifice the lamb. And that would temporarily, y'all say temporarily. There, but good job down here. Come on now. Uh, and they would, that would temporarily cover the sins of the people. And so these shepherds were not normal shepherds. Normal shepherds didn't have to do all that. They just had to make sure that these dumb animals, which sheep are kind of known as being the dumbest animals in like the animal kingdom. They, fish are also dumb, but not as dumb as sheep. Sheep would just walk off cliffs in droves, you know, and so they were just really dumb animals. That was typically the life of a shepherd. Make sure these animals don't walk off a cliff, just like there was a cliff on, in this picture back here, or make sure a wolf doesn't get them. Like that was kind of your, your job there. And so these were not the typical typical shepherds that did that, they actually had a job to bring in the spotless lambs so that the people of God had something to sacrifice. And so that's the background of these shepherds. Hopefully you learned something. They learned a few things tonight about these shepherds. And so now what I want to do is I want to read this story to you from the Bible. And now when I read this story to you, I think it's going to come to life in a completely different way that you never thought of before. And it says this, starting in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and it said, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, right? In the fields of Bethlehem nearby where this happened. And it says that they were guarding their flocks of sheep. And so this tells us that these shepherds were intense because that word for guarding literally means like a military guard, like somebody that would protect something serious. Like my granddad, for instance, was a Marine and he died earlier this year, but he actually wanted his job in the Marines for the most part was he stood outside this building and this is after World War II, like right after World War II, he did this. And his instructions were, when anyone approaches this building, you tell them to halt once. And if you don't, it's shoot to kill. 
that they don't stop. And so he had no idea his entire military career, what he was guarding. And then he was reading the paper one day years later and found out that he was guarding a nuclear warhead somewhere. It's like he had no idea. But you better believe he wasn't just you know, nonchalantly guarding this thing. No, he was guarding this building. These shepherds were guarding this flock. They were vigilantly watching and they were making sure that nothing was going to hurt these sheep and that these sheep did their job and produced the unblemished lambs. Like he, they were guarding, they were continuously watching their flocks of sheep. And then it says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And I love this next verse or this next part says they were terrified. Now, if you don't know this about angels in the Bible, we think of angels like Clarence and it's a wonderful life, you know, like a middle-aged balding man that, you know, is a little weird and he looks real nice and charming and he's just trying to get his wings. Angels are not like this in the Bible. In fact, every encounter that a person has with an angel in the Bible, it says, it makes a note that they were terrified. They were really afraid. And the first words out of every angel's mouth when they interact with a human, look it up in the Bible every time, is don't be afraid. Like, I know you're freaked out right now. Don't be afraid. They probably looked a lot like me. You know what I'm saying? Like The Rock, something like that. But they looked amazing. And so, but it would always freak people out. And so these, it was like they played a trick on them and just appeared right there in front of them. And I love this next verse. And it says, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, okay? I know this is weird. I know I just came up on you, but just don't be afraid, relax. And then he says something. He says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Here's what he was saying in today's terms. What I'm about to tell you is so good that I can hardly contain myself. Have you ever felt that way? I do this with Christmas every single year. This year for Christmas, I bought Stephanie the best gift I've ever gotten her, right? For real. The best gift I've ever gotten her. And you know when I gave it to her? Three days ago. (laughs) Why? Because I couldn't contain myself. I had to do it. And you want to know what the gift was? All right, this has nothing to do with the message. All right, here, let me tell you. Uh, when we first got married, we were newlyweds. This was, this was 12 years ago. And we had just made a budget. We were going through financial peace with our small group at the time, and Dave Ramsey was mad at us. And so we had to, uh, we made a budget. Literally that night, we go to Opry Mills. Don't make a budget and that night go to Opry Mills. Let me just help you real quick. But we went, and we went to this Nike outlet. And at the Nike outlet, Stephanie saw this pair of shoes, and they were phenomenal. And so she she was like, we need to, and I'm like, yes, babe, get them, you know, forget the budgets, right? Like YOLO, you know, this is what we need to do. And that was before YOLO was cool. And it's still not cool. It's it's not cool anymore. But, uh, and she was like, I can't, we just made a budget today. And Stephanie is great about sticking to the budget. She's not the spender in the family. That is me. Um, And so she passed up on these shoes. And typically when Stephanie does that, she's not bothered by it. But these shoes, for 12 years, every time she sees a shoe in a store, she will come up with a way to bring these shoes up. And she was like, I should have bought those shoes. Every time. I've heard this a hundred times since we've been married. You know what I did? I found the shoes. They haven't made them in 10, 11 years. I found the shoes online and gave them to her this year for Christmas. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. But this angel is like, baby. I got some good news and I cannot wait to share it with you. That's what, that's what he's saying. And so then he says this, the savior, 
Like, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, he has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And I love this. And he says, and you say you, you. or actually say me. me. There we go. And you, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby, baby, here you go. Wrapped in, you'll recognize him by the sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. Oh, but not strips of cloth. Some translations say this. You will find him wrapped snugly in what? Swaddling, Swaddling clothes. And not only that, but you'll see him lying in a manger. Ooh, okay. Doesn't this story make a lot more sense now that you've read this? I love this. The angel didn't give them some vague sign. You know, I think a lot of us have a, a view of God where we think that God is difficult to understand and God is vague and God doesn't really want you to understand him. He's so mysterious and, and there's a lot of ambiguity associated with God. And sometimes that can be true. There are certain things about God that just go ahead and accept that you'll never understand. But when it comes to finding God, when it comes to having a relationship with God, God is not hiding from you. He's not giving you some vague sign. He's not, he's not giving you something that's hard to understand. No, no, no. God wants a relationship with you. God wants you to know him. God wants to intervene in your life. And he's not making it difficult. Just like with these shepherds. Now, he wasn't saying a generic y'all. Hey, here's how y'all are going to, everybody, like all of humanity is going to recognize him. No, no, no. He was looking at these specific, uh, at these specific shepherds. And he was saying, hey, God is, is going to show you, like specifically, you people, these, if you guys were the shepherds, at the, he would say, hey, y'all know what this is going to look like. Th this baby is not going to be hiding from you. It's going to be obvious because this baby is going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes and he's going to be lying in a manger just like the thousands of other lambs that you've uh, worked with before. This baby is going to look exactly the same, except it's not going to be a lamb. It's going to be a, a person. It's going to be human. And so God is not vague. I want you to understand that he wants you to find him. Now, finding God is easy. Following God is where it gets hard sometimes, right? But, but finding him is not hard. And he's looking at these shepherds and he's saying, hey, when you go to find Jesus, here's what you need to be looking for. So, but not only did the angel say, hey, here's what you're going to look for. He said, but here is who you're going to find when you get there. He said, you're this baby, and he, I love this, it says, the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, he's been born today in the city of David. We breeze over this part of this, the verse all the time. But we can't breeze over this if we're going to really understand the point of Christmas. If we're really going to understand the shepherds and this whole story, we can't breeze over this. You see, angels, their primary, they have a lot of jobs, but their primary job in the Bible and what we know of today is that they're messengers, right? They, they get a message from God and then they, especially in the Bible, they would visit people and they would verbatim relay the message that God gave them to the people that they're supposed to give it to. And so the wording that is used here and the order of the wording that was used here is not an accident. This was not the angel uh, going rogue and ad-libbing this message. No, he was delivering the message as it was intended. And he says, he, he refers to this baby as three different things. He first said that the baby was going to be the savior, that the baby is the Messiah, 
and that the baby is the Lord. And so I want to look at these three things because when the shepherds heard this in their original language, because the, the angel wasn't speaking in English to these shepherds, right? He was speaking in their language and that's the language the Bible was written in originally or this part of the Bible was. And so if we look at these words in the original language, they mean a lot more than just Savior, Messiah, and Lord. In fact, the word Savior, it meant a lot more than just like Savior. It meant that not only was he the Savior, but he was also the Deliverer. He was the healer. He was the protector. He was the preserver. He, he was a, a multi-purpose thing that was going to meet many of these people's needs. And so the angel's like, man, isn't this awesome? This baby's born and he's going to help you in every way you can think of. Like, that's amazing. But then he didn't stop there. He said, not only is he the savior, but then the angel uses the word Messiah. And this is the big one. And some translations say the Christ, the Christ, the Messiah, they're the same word, same thing. And the Messiah was the one that the Jewish people had been waiting on for generations. I mean, thousands of years, they've been waiting on this Messiah. What is the Messiah? This is the one that they've been waiting for. Like they've been hearing the Old Testament and reading it ever since they were a kid. And then their great grandparents are reading about it and their great grandparents are reading about it. And, and there had, I mean, God was, they were starting to think like, God, it's, it's been a long time since you've been telling us about this Messiah. Like he needs to show up. We got some stuff going on down here. <coughs> and so he said, hey, this is going to be the savior. But not only that, this is the one you've been hearing about. This is the one that you've been, uh, th that you've been waiting for. So he says the savior, the Messiah. And the last one he says is the Lord. This baby was not only just a savior, not only just the Messiah, but he was also the Lord. This baby was different. He wasn't like you and me. This baby was God in the flesh. He was the Lord over everything. He, he was the king above every king. He had the ultimate authority. There was nothing in the universe that had more authority than this little baby had that was born in Bethlehem, that was wrapped in swaddling clothes, that was put in a manger. He was the Lord over, he was the guy. The buck stopped with him. And when the shepherds heard this, it clicked. Something in them, I guarantee it clicked because you can read about it. We're not going to read it today, but you can read about it in the following verses. They ran and they found this baby and then they told everybody about what they saw. Something clicked. This baby, little baby, was the thing they had been waiting for, the thing they had been longing for. And could it be that that baby is the one you've been waiting for and the one that you've been longing for. You see, I, in a crowd even this big, it's, this isn't even the biggest crowd in the, in the county right now, but even in a crowd this size, there's people that walked in here broken today. You, you may have come hurting, you may have come feeling insignificant or you may have come in here feeling very desperate in your situation. You may have come in here a little unsure about this whole thing. You're just trying this church out for the first time. I met a couple that came tonight that's like, I've seen you on Facebook. I'm glad you're here. And you're thinking, are they crazy? You know, like, are these people crazy? Maybe. <laughs> you know, it's, don't talk to some people. They might tell you we're crazy. But you may have been coming a little unsure even about the whole God thing. 
you know, and, and you're just figuring things out. Or maybe you came today and you need an encounter with God. I, I don't know how you came in today. But here's what I do know. I know that Jesus has not changed. And he is still the Savior. He is still the Messiah. He is still the Lord. And he hasn't changed. And today you can find him. He's not easy to find. It's hard to follow sometimes, but he's not easy to find. And maybe this is your obvious sign. Like maybe this is your, hey, you're going to find him in swaddling clothes, sitting in a manger, really obvious to the shepherds. Maybe this whole service is the obvious sign you needed to hear from God. The thing that's like, man, something is feeling different in me right now. Let me tell you, that's the Holy Spirit. He's working in your heart right now. Could it be that you needed to find this baby that was born? And I love this. These shepherds, they've been watching after sacrificial lambs for a long time. And they were in a family business. And these, I mean, they've probably been doing this since they were born. They've been walking out with their dads in the fields. And they've been helping getting the flocks together, learning the trade. They've been looking for sacrificial lambs their entire life, uh, lives. But tonight, everything changed. Tonight, they're about to get laid off. You know what I'm saying? Their job was getting eliminated. And it wasn't because of downsizing. It wasn't because of budget cuts. It wasn't because the company was restructuring. No, it was because the sacrificial lamb, the lamb of God was born. And those sheep aren't needed anymore. Because God had a better way. And this way, man, you wouldn't need to have your sins temporarily covered. No, no, no. God was going to send the lamb. And that lamb's sacrifice was going to permanently cover every bad thing you've ever done and ever will do. And you don't need to keep sacrificing these things anymore. God already did it through Jesus. And Jesus, he was the sacrificial lamb. He was born. And he lived the perfect, spotless, unblemished life that you and I could never live. Come on. How many of y'all know you're sitting next to a person right now that is a little broken? Come on, y'all, be honest. Nobody's going to raise their hand right now. I'll tell you right now, you're sitting next to one, okay? And guess what? You're that person too. We're all broken, all right? We all messed up. The Bible tells us this. It says, for all have sinned, and we fall short of God's standard. God has a standard, and when we mess up, we miss that standard, and there's nothing we can do to meet that standard ever again. But that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to die in your place because the payment for sin is death. Blood has to be shed. That's why they sacrifice these little lambs. But when Jesus died, he was the sacrificial lamb, and he died, and his blood covered your sins forever, and you never have to do it again. And here's the, here's the best part. He did that for you as an individual. I'm not talking you like y'all. You. Yes, you. Even you. And here, I love this. You can take this pressure off your life right now. You don't have to clean yourself up to come to God. That's not how God works. You come to God and he'll clean you up better than you could ever do. Well, Clint, I, let me just get this addiction under. No. Well, let me just see if I can quit cussing. No. Come to God, cuss a little. He'll work on it. I promise. Okay. Like, hey, my marriage is. Uh, I, I, my marriage isn't. Okay. How about you come to God with that broken marriage and let Him fix it? 
clean. You don't know how depressed I am and just, I, you don't know the thoughts I think sometimes. First of all, I do know. Second of all, bring those to the Lord. Bring those to God and he'll make it better than you could ever do. You can come to God today and it's a free gift that he wants to give you, the gift of Jesus, the lamb of God. Come on, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes in this place. Kids, we're almost done. Hang in there with me, okay? We're about to light the candles on fire. Tomorrow, many of us are going to wake up and the band can come on back up too. You're going to wake up and you're going to open some gifts and it's going to be awesome. But what if you could receive the greatest gift of your life a day early? Wouldn't that be good? I think some people in here need to receive the gift of Jesus, the perfect lamb. And I don't want to take this time and not give you the opportunity to do that. And I just want to tell you, if you're in here and you're like, oh gosh, I'm far from perfect, you're at the best place possible. We love having people that are far from God in here. I love it. This is, why, this is why we gave up everything in our lives to come start this church, is for, for people to come and find God. I love it. And today I want to give you that opportunity just to, to receive Jesus and receive that gift of salvation right where you are today. And if that's you, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand and say, hey, Clint, I need to make that decision today. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make everybody look at you. There's everyone's heads bowed. But I just want to know who I'm praying for today. So if you want to make that decision on the count of three, just raise your hand. Come on. One, two, three. Lift it up. There we go. Or you can put it down and you can say this prayer after me in your heart. You can say, dear God. I need you. Thank you for paying the price for me. Thank you for living the life that I can never live. I invite you into my life. Clean me from the inside out. And in the best way I know how, I live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a hand for the people that made that decision today.